finished a really cool podcast, and we had a surprise guest because I was being questioned as to why we had an extra chair, but a fireman did show up yep. to hang yep. out and talk with us, Daniel Levido. Yeah, he talked a lot. It was amazing, all the things that he said in the last minute. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was good. We talked about Fallow Month, and we talked about your sabbatical and writing books. It was a very books. restful podcast. So. Yes. Yeah, if you just you could just lay back. Maybe yeah. I, I'll just put some like uh, watery kind of sounds in the background. Maybe some nice white noise, new age music in the back. Good. Yeah. That that's perfect. Good. Okay. Enjoy. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanks, man. Since I've seen you. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean, I came to your church. You did. did you a, even notice that? I did, halfway through my sermon. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was pretty disconcerting. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I thought that would have been better. Then you wouldn't have to interact with me before. No, that wasn't the, the big deal. I was just... You're like, oh, great. Other pastor guy. Did you see me get hit by the uh, by the door? No. Sanctuary? No. Yeah. We need to talk about the safety around here, but... We can do that in a moment, because this is Faith Over Breakfast, and... And you're Andy. And I'm Andy. <laughs> and I'm Eric. And you're Eric. And uh, I'm from Mission Church, and you're from the village where safety matters. Um. Well, we have a fireman, and he... Yeah, he, he, he was sitting right over there. He was me. sitting right next to you, yeah. I think, so... <laughs> that would have been okay. Yeah. yeah. When the kids came through the door at the end, oh, yeah, the they... door kind of smacked me, and fortunately... My foot was out a little, so it didn't smack me in the side of the face. So Good. It worked out. All right. Well, that's why we're we're in favor of appendages at appendages. the village. Yeah. Is that? Mm. Mm-hmm. Feet. Feet. Hands. Hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Use them. Huh? Use them. Use them. <laughs> well, um, we are we're pastors in Tucson. If you haven't tuned in before, um, and we're sitting in Eric's church, which is uh, cool and full of art and there's an extra chair here yeah because uh either somebody else is going to show up or uh eric is doing some kind of christmas ritual where he leaves a chair out for the for baby jesus. jesus baby jesus yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what this is yeah uh you know like i end up oddly enough we have all these rooms uh-huh. and i often end up doing counseling right here in the oh, middle yeah. of the sanctuary oh, this is by far, it's the living room, man. It's yeah. comfortable. So, Eric's church, by the way, if you haven't been here, which I, I know 99% of our listeners go here. Well, no. No, no. I think, well, here you go. Interesting story about one of our listeners. Uh-huh. And this is a really interesting story. So, the guy who married me and my wife. Uh, Wait, there's another one of you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the guy who performed our wedding. I see. Uh, is named Mark Bryans. And he was my mentor for three years and uh-huh. kind of taught me, well, he taught me a lot and spent a lot of time with me. And so his son, his oldest son, Mark, uh-huh. is now a priest in the Anglican Church oh, yeah. in Hawaii. Well, and he listens to us hey. regularly. And I got a, a little messenger from him or what do you call those things on Facebook? You know, I'm a old. Messenger pigeon. Or yeah, I sent a messenger pigeon over. Um, and was saying, hey, like we we should talk. I've been listening to Faith, Faith Over Breakfast; it's really good. And I'm about to go plant a church, and I'd love to pick your brain. And I'm like, I haven't texted him back yet. 
but I was hoping to do that today and set up a time. So one of our listeners hey. finds it helpful, in, uh, and All also I remember when he was little. Are they still listening to us in Japan? I haven't. I, it says what they are, but I haven't actually talked to the people. But now at least we can say when we like, yes, we have a listener in Honolulu, yeah, Hawaii. We actually do. We've talked to that, at least one we of never them. Said that before, but now we can. Yeah, oh, this is getting big. This yeah. is kind of. We are like off the rails. going across the water now. Well, I mean, since that's the case, I guess we might as well talk about something of, uh, important. of some kind of importance for someone to listen to. <laughs> so it's uh, so I, I I've been on a sabbatical for a few weeks, and so I came to your church a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you were teaching about being fallow. You guys um, take. December to, you know, oh, I thought it was to rest, but you, you were like, you're going to be distressed and, and all this stuff. So I thought, oh, this is, how, how wonderful. <laughs> um, but the truth be told, I, you know, being on sabbatical, there was some of that, you know, you, for me too, I, I was actually experiencing some of that. So, um, yeah. So you guys, you know, let, let's talk about this. While everybody is and the hustle and bustle, we've just had Black Friday and Small Business Saturday, and everybody's gearing up to do crazy things. You guys are not. Right. Or at least as a church. As a church, we're trying to encourage people to slow down. Yeah. So you don't do a Christmas play. There are no live animals. You no no Christmas anything. play. We The only do thing we do for Christmas is actually reduce one service uh-huh. to just an evening service, and we have a candlelight service yeah on the sunday before christmas which usually means that's even like you probably don't preach right i I read or someone reads the story of jesus's birth in some hopefully dramatic form and uh we sing about eight christmas carols and eat cookies and then we go go people go out to eat the only time or they just go home no do you uh real candles or fake candles well real candles it's really hot in here. Yeah, it's hot. You got all this upholstery. Oh yeah, it's there, uh, yeah. I didn't mention this. Your church is, uh, you know, we've got we've got old and new couches and wicker furniture. Yes. This is if if any church was going to burn down on candlelight Sunday, it's you. I know it's really scary. That's why we have a fireman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you recruited him. Right, and I know where both fire extinguishers are, and they're very accessible, so at least that's... <laughs> yeah, well, okay, yeah. And the insurance policy is paid up. Yeah, well, I mean, we did go to, like, electric candles for the rest of the year because of all the children and how dangerous. It's just, it's yeah. not... But fake candles on a, for a candlelight service is... Not going to work. You light your little candle and hold it. And we have those little... Might as well just turn your phone screen on and hold it in the air, right? That'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be really interesting. There's a Zippo app, I think. I'm sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that you could do that. Yeah. Anyway, we've strayed from the point. Yeah. So you're, uh, yeah, so tell tell me about this, you know, yeah, why, why you decided to do that. Why? Well, well, part of it is because I feel like, we feel like Christmas, uh, we, you lose the whole point. I mean, Christmas yeah. is not about excessive celebration of materialism. I mean, it's right. about 
the birth of Jesus and, and Rob was talking about this last at uh, the first sermon on Advent that it's not even about the birth of Jesus because Jesus was born. He already did it. We're yeah. we're remembering that he became a man. Um, and the miraculous, kind of insane way that that happened. I mean, you, you, a 13, 14-year-old girl has an angel tell her that the God of all the universe, every possible thing that you can imagine, is going to make you with child, however that part worked. Yeah, that's pretty that's, So we're celebrating that, but he did that. What we're actually l- trying to slow down and re- look forward to is the actual second coming of yeah. Christ. Like, remembering the birth of Jesus is... Uh, like, if that insane thing happened, then the other one could happen. Right. So that's, And will happen. And will happen. And I think, like, you know, Jesus... He's, he's this crazy revolutionary who changed everything. Like, even if, let's just say for... I don't know, whatever. Like, hypothetically, he isn't God. The man himself, in 30-some years, yeah. changed the way all of us live. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. There isn't anybody, even remote tribes out in the middle of nowhere, at some level have been impacted by a guy who lived for 33 years yeah. in a little place in the Middle East. Just that alone is a remarkable thing to kind of begin yeah. to process. Because he made some crazy, crazy claims. So anyway, like, slowing down to, like, think that through and to try to nurture an anticipation of his return and what that means for our lives. And I think part of that can be in giving very thoughtful gifts and enjoying your family and, and really taking stock of what you have because it's life is fleeting. You know, it's really not, if you're so busy, it just, it just flies by and you're, I mean, I'm not old, but I'm 46 and I'm like, wow. 46 years went real fast. Yeah. Very fast. I can't believe I'm an adult sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Oh, yeah. I don't have to go to school today? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And people look. Do you remember what people, what you used to think of 46-year-olds? Oh, I thought they were really old. Really? I thought, like, 25-year-olds were cool but kind of pushing it. Yeah, I thought 18-year-olds were pretty <laughs> yeah. like I looked at them and like, wow, they're, they're yes, adults. they're adults. I remember having an early twenty-something um, boss, and I was just like, he gets it. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he didn't. Wow, <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, yeah, because twenty-three-year-old me was a piece of work. Thirty-five-year-old yeah. me was a piece of work. How yeah. old am I? Am I thirty-five or thirty-six? I don't know when were you born. I think I'm thirty-six. Shoot. So you're 10 years younger than me, huh? When's yeah. your birthday? 82. Yeah, and I'm 72, so. Yeah. And you're what month? September. Okay. Wow. 10 years. 10 years. Wow. So, like, but part of what we talked about in that sermon on Fallow was just that when you begin to stop, part of it is kind of digging up the things that have kind of become numb in your life, becoming learning to be present yeah. instead of joining all of the crazy. So how does that go for you and your people? Like, does that, does it tend to occur? I think so. I mean, I know, um, people don't really enjoy it. Yeah. Like they, I think it relieves some of the pressure. Yeah. 
Um, and so then if they want to go to something fun at a church, like a big, you know, Christmas yeah. thing, then they can go do that. And it's not their thing. Yeah. You know, they can just enjoy it. So there's some These of, other suckers who are throwing yeah, themselves. They themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's some of that. I think for me, uh, what it does is professionally, it's, it becomes sort of what every other professional has, which is some kind of continuing education. I really shift gears and probably read five or six books, spend a lot of time studying and, and, and in quiet with God. Um, I do a lot more projects around the house. Yeah. Uh, so it becomes... So you do things, just other things. Right, but things yeah. that are slow and the rhythms are changed and, and I'm able to reflect more, a more reflective kind yeah. of experience instead of a tyranny of the urgent. So, but you have been on sabbatical for three weeks? Uh, yeah, so I got eight weeks for the year, but with my dad's death early in the year, like January, I took two weeks off because I just needed, we had just moved into the, or we had just purchased the new church building. Right. And we were going to work on it. Um, and, but the purchase was still in the, like the details were getting worked out. Right. And I knew a lot of work was coming. And so I took two weeks of my sabbatical, which right. I'm really grateful that the church was flexible with that because it was a weird year. Um, and so normally I would have taken eight weeks and just straight, I guess. And then in May I took three weeks and then I took the other three weeks. I just got back yesterday. So it was a staggered sabbatical, which because of the year was perfect. Like as I got to uh, think through stuff about my dad and write in the spring, you know, the early summer, which was, I'd had a little time. I got the two weeks to just like absorb it, I guess. And then, you know, for the one year anniversary of his death, which I didn't, I didn't necessarily plan that, but that, but it's that was during this last three weeks. So oh, wow. a year later, it's been a year. It's been a year. It's been over a year. Yeah. So um, isn't that? It doesn't seem like it, right? It doesn't, because like a yeah. year ago, when your dad passed away, I had poured like boiling water on my foot. Yes. Right. That doesn't feel like a, like year, a year ago. ago. Wow. That was a year. Because I looked down at the scar and I think, huh, that hasn't been that it long. Happened pretty recently. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. The year blew by. It did. So, um, so it was, and it was a very different experience each time. That two weeks was just, uh, just create, just hard, just a mess. Good, but healthy, I guess, but a mess. And then the spring, there was a lot of emotion and kind of really sitting down and, and experiencing it. And this time around, it, the feelings were there, but it had been a year. But it was good to experience all that. And this time my writing project was more fun. Okay. Because the grief was there, but it wasn't dominant. And uh, I was able to kind of enjoy the writing project. So that was good. I mean, there was still other, there's other things about slowing down, though. Like, I got mad about some stuff. <laughs> like, just annoyed. <laughs> Which, you know, not, I don't love that, but that was there right and i right. just hadn't like, faced it 
addressed it. And uh, Chris DeHaan from the Vineyard here in Tucson talks about when you do something like in silence. He does a lot of silent retreats that like dark thoughts can come. And there's a little bit of that, like some things that's like, ugh, I don't like that I am this way. Right. That I hadn't slowed down enough to for that to bother me. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, there is. It, it's an odd experience to to stop. Yeah. And stop, like, stop is very different than go on vacation. That's not a stop. No. Right? Like, that's almost more go in a different way. Unless you're, like, going to take an extended Three-month vacation or something like that. An actual sabbatical style. Yeah. Where, yeah. Go it was away. good I wasn't here. Yeah. I came back a couple times, and that was good. I'm glad I did that because I got to see my wife and daughter. Um, but it, it also kind of – I had to, like, get back in the rhythm again every mm. time, which made it, it was a little difficult. Yeah. But I, I don't regret that. I think it was for the best. Yeah, and I, I when I took a I took a three month sabbatical, I didn't do any. I mean, I would go off on excursions for a day alone, yeah. but I I ended up. It was almost as if my whole family took a sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. That so was. And probably depending on your situation, I mean, I think I think in this case it was. I don't think I could have done this project. No, well, that would have been so distracting. Yeah. I don't think I could have done that. Yeah. I was trying to imagine being away and, and like that's like you're not hearing your wife's voice. You're not hearing your right. daughter's voice. You're kind of alone with your own voice. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I took a lot of long walks all by myself. Stuff that, which I like to do, but the ones I get here are 45 minutes, you know. Right. There it was like three hours and now I'm going to sit down alone and write for four hours. Wow. And then tomorrow. Similar. Right. Yeah, it's good. Different, but very good. So does your church also give you vacation on top of the sabbatical time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because so they're you different. You weren't eating into vacation. I didn't lose my vacation. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I'm really grateful. I, we, we took some time to kind of study what other churches did, or at least read some articles and considered it tried to adopt what seemed like a wise practice which would the wise practice would normally be to do your whole sabbatical at once and really step away for a longer period but like i said this was a weird year so you guys do sabbatical every year uh so basically the way we decided to do it was that you get two weeks a year and you can decide you could bank those up to four years um, so if you prefer, which Nick Nick would like to take two weeks a year, um, I would like to take a long sabbatical every four, and have my you know vacation every year, but like sabbatical sabbatical, I'd like it to be a couple months every four years. Wow, which seems like kind of more the norm, something like that. Four to six years, you get a long break, and that's especially for people who do sabbatical projects or like press into some kind of spiritual quest or a 
where they dig into a topic that they're wrestling with in their life or that their church is wrestling with. Sure. Those folks tend to take the to 10 weeks or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it's not like a vacation. It's different. But it still is a very profound change of pace. How do you, do you guys do that? Well, I, I feel like, you know, I mean, for me, I'm the only full-time paid employee. Yeah. Um, but the way that we, I mean, I take all of june off every year so i don't i'm not here in june at all yeah and then i take the last two weeks of december off yeah um so that's about six weeks which is about what the professional world gets as long as i've been in doing this it's like is that like vacation or is that different it's whatever i want yeah but the thing is if as long as it doesn't interfere like rod takes all of august off so we know that these two months are off as long as it doesn't interfere with things, we're kind of okay with not putting a limit on the amount of vacation and sabbatical yeah. you need. It's more like, hey, I need a couple of weeks off. Right. Because every year's a little different. Right. right. Yeah. And and so it's just more like whatever is healthy for the individual. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing is that I think everybody is different, like the type of rest you need. Because – um, I did the writing project, and there were some questions as to whether that was going to be restful. And in my mind, I was like, well, what's the alternative? Like, go and just sit in a room for six weeks? Like, <laughs> that's not restful. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, I don't even know how to do that. And maybe I need to learn how to do that. But it would – Right. But that – I mean, you're, I'm going to think, and then my thoughts are just going to go all over the map, whereas if I – have if I pursue something um, that is different and helpful to my soul and hopefully to other people, right. then I can aim my thoughts in a way that I can't normally. And there's a different, it's a work, but it's a different kind of work. And um, I, I'm really grateful I got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, it, it helps that you have this project. Yeah, I, I think I needed the project, and I read I read some stuff that other folks similarly like would a, a meaningful project for themselves and their community would be like the best way to to do something like that. Right. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people are listening from our churches. What good does this do them? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's—I think it's good to be involved in your pastor's life. Yeah. And I think it's good to realize that you know, um, your that it's a different kind of job. I mean, one of the women at our church last week came up to me and because she was talking to me about how the shift in our two services has worked and how I was handling yeah. things and. And, you know, I was just telling her about how I have decided I take Mondays off now and Thursdays off. And I work yeah. basically three, you know, 12 to 14 hour days. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, I mean, I work Sunday from early in the morning till usually about eight at night. I work today and tomorrow, really long days, and Friday. But I have these two, you know. Yeah. And I, I tend to work about 50 hours a week. I have been, it's been hard for me not to work about at least 50 hours a week. Yeah. 
I kind of think if you're going to ask your elders who work full-time jobs to then work another 10 hours yeah. on top of that at meetings and all that, you can't just say, well, but it's all part of my 40-hour yeah. week job. That's not fair to them. And really, it's not. But anyway, she came to me afterwards and was like, yeah, but she, she said, I, I think you should think about, you know, how many hours you're working because just because – you know, other people work 40 hours a week. Your job is not like theirs and that it's emotionally taxing. That's, that's true. And so, you know, sometimes you may work one hour and that's equivalent to somebody else's three or four hours. And Depending and, on the job. I mean. Right, depending on, right. I mean, if I was a counselor, but like even my right. dad who was a, you know, a therapist, he never worked in office hours more than 30 hours a week yeah. because he couldn't, I mean, you just couldn't emotionally... Yeah handle that many stories or keep track of them even though you have notes and all that right. kind of stuff because your brain's just yeah. emotionally fried and and sometimes you know when you stand up in front of people it can be emotionally exhausting like for example i preach the same sermon that you heard in the evening in the morning and in the morning the the audience was like the community was like wide awake and uh-huh. i could tell they were super engaged i was definitely much more you know kind of connected in my sermon and then by the time I hit the evening up there I was feeling emotionally kind of yeah already and you exhausted to all these people in the morning too and yes and- yeah and so it's an exhaustion so by the time I got up there you know I was starting to sort of my brain was having trouble making the connections anymore hmm. and I was feeling tired and I was looking at people and they seemed that Sunday was exceptionally like restless. Uh, and so I was just sort of, you have that like emotional, even just being in front of people, you're emotionally trying to wrestle through stuff. So, so you think, you think it's good for people to understand what that's like for their pastor? I, yeah, I it do. Is, I do think so. It's weird. Cause I can sometimes feel bad. You know, it's, I've got the bivocational thing going on. So that sort of offsets it for me, but Say I had a week of doing mostly pastoral stuff. Like I know it will be pretty, pretty wearisome, you know. Uh, just the emotional load, or or even just just talking to a lot of people is, which I love to do. Actually, I thank goodness I'm extroverted. You know, I I enjoy it, but it's still there's a certain level of like done at the end of the day, and then your family like wants to talk at the end of the day, right? And you're like, I've been doing this all day long. Right. And, like, how much more brain room do I have, you know, to hear about your friends at school and, you know, what happened at work. And so it's it's, it's interesting where I didn't feel that way when I did, like, landscaping. Right. Like, I was looking forward to talking when I got Right. It's just, it's different. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think it's not as emotionally, it's physically, expen- like yeah. being a landscaper, you're physically yeah. exhausted. Right. Which I don't often get. No. I, I get physically know. exhausted from the emotional. There's a connection there. Right, yeah. You do feel tired, though you haven't been, like, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I've heard people say, or maybe even to me, like, so what does a pastor do, you know? Like, you just kind of sit and write one talk and give it and then kind of go out to coffee with people and you think like in the normal world that sounds like like oh i go to coffee on my day off right um with my friend and that's great and it's hard to explain how different it really is to go out to coffee with people 
whom you have responsibility for, right? Who are asking something from you, sure? Which they and they should. That's fine. But it's different. It's very different. It is. And you're, you know, and you're in people's homes, and you're at people's most painful and most joyful moments. Yeah. You know, and and if you're doing it well, you're trying to figure out how to navigate being a pastor and a friend. Yeah. And I think it, it's you. You the more you feel that tension, I think the better you're doing your job. Actually, that's encouraging because I feel that tension yeah. <laughs> a lot. Because yeah. I think, I mean, otherwise you become. If you're just a professional listening ear. Yeah, and you don't have any friends, yeah. and then they can't really consider you their friend, and that's I don't think that's healthy. No, like I, I don't think that true. being a pastor should be considered a professional job. Jesus didn't go and say, you know, come follow me and I will give you the ladder in which you climb up to perform yeah. the perfect shepherding job of, you know. Yeah, and, and meet your goals and get yeah. it done and build the organization and then um, move on and somebody else will take over for you. Right, that's not, <laughs> he's not making no. pictures of men. That was pretty much yeah. calling men to Jesus, calling women to Jesus is... That's partly a friendship thing. I mean, Jesus considered his disciples his friends. Yeah, yeah, he did. Obviously, said it. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that very much in our community. Like that, these aren't. It's not just like, oh, I'm meeting with somebody from my church. Like I do know you, and I love you, and I care about you, and and that is part of the exhaustion is having that level of relationship or attempting to with a lot of people. Yeah, is hard. It is hard. It's cool, really sweet, but it's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, well, you know, so you're, yeah, I don't know. I think about people and I'm like, well, so other folks in my church, I'm going to go visit a guy today who, he's an engineer. Um, you know, he doesn't get a sabbatical. Um, um, well, does he work for Raytheon or IBM? He does. <laughs> he <laughs> takes might, all of December off. He does not work for either of them, but he might get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the amount of time off actually isn't so far. From I think it's, I mean, you don't have to be there very long to be, you get about 14 weeks, so. Oh, I don't know. At least that's what the engineers of my church have. Yeah, I'm like, I actually I don't, know. I, don't, I don't keep track. But he doesn't get, he doesn't just say, hey, I'm going to go off. For eight weeks and and work on a book that could kind of deal with my job, but it's also you know yes, for that's me. What I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? No, that's he doesn't I'm give saying. that. No, it's different. Um, and so it's like, why should why should people in ministry get that? And then how can what we're talking about here? Because you you encourage your whole church to lay fallow. Yeah. Um, you know how can we? I don't know that we have done that. At our church, and I, I feel like, yeah, how, how could we encourage that? How have you decided to encourage that for your people, not just yourself? Well, I, mean, I think two things. I mean, so the reason that we stop our groups, which would mean if you're in a group in December, you would end up having at least a, a minimum of three different evenings. Yeah. That are, are that are free. That are, you, you're normally doing spending something. with community. That now you can do whatever you want. 
Right. And so we kind of say, we'll use that as a trigger point to say, okay, I'm going to take this two hours, yeah. or whatever, these three hours, and I'm going to sit alone with God. I'm going to go invite my neighbor who I have been wanting to sit and just get to know, but have been so busy, mm-hmm. and have him over for coffee or go see if we could do something with them to just enjoy them. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe my wife and kids are really, I can tell that they just need some special time. So create these little spaces. Just start there. Even if you just do it three times in December where you stopped and really reflected or stopped and given someone else some extra time that doesn't normally get your time. Yeah. Um, so just sort of experience those things. So that's that's one thing we do is just to try that. Start there. And you really, I mean, you taught about this. Because the normal thing would be if you just didn't do your group, you would just go do something else. Like you would just kind of. So you're you're encouraging to make that time, yeah, uh, to use that time for something very specific. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is a cool new development in my podcast in which you walk away. Well, I walk away, and everybody can hear the, those safety doors <laughs> shut that you uh, <laughs> talked about. It. The ones that almost killed me. That almost killed you. Um, yeah. So, so you specifically. Yeah, you specifically teach that. And I don't know that we – I mean, I know people in our, our small group leaders are welcome to take a month off or something like that, um, and that happens. But I don't know that we've ever said you know, kind of upfront, like, here's what to do with that time, which you seem to be pretty specific. Yeah. I mean, and, I, mean we ha- I think it's just part of our – one of our rhythms in our church. Yeah. I think that's part of the way that, like, we kind of call ourselves monastic is that we have these things that we do like every December it's fallow. Yeah. Everybody, even our little kids could probably tell you a little bit about fallow. Yeah. And you we know, had little coloring sheets for them. They did. And then last, you know, and then they, this week they all discussed it in their yeah. class. And so they have some sense at least of what the word means and why our church would do it. Yeah. And so it's, it's a regular, it's become a regular discipline that people are like, Oh, we're going to talk about fallow. And we're going to be asked to practice it. Now, if they practice it, it's not like I ever say, how is your fallow week doing or month? And there's not a lot of accountability in it. It's just something that we've encouraged repeatedly. Do you you feel like most people at this point embrace it and do it? Or is it like, well, okay, we do that. I don't necessarily. Or does it just depend? I think people really do embrace it. I think they, and more and more, they've, They've used it to, I think more than anything, slow down and enjoy one another. Yeah. So do things that are just sort of, hey, let's have some people over and enjoy that. Or, hey, I, I went off on a walk and I just sat with God. So I, I hear little bits of that coming. Yeah. And also just like the permission from the church to say, hey, you don't, you don't need to do this. We don't need to have the play. You don't need to be yeah. in some church play. You don't need to do it. You don't have to be busy. You can actually slow down. Yeah, that's cool. Do you decorate your house for Christmas? Do we? <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> our Christmas tree is already up uh-huh. because uh, one of the girls just went to college. And so she came down and she's not yeah. going to be back until like the 17th. And she wants to be part of the Christmas tree decorating. So. We had to go for the first time in November, put up our tree. So, you know, 
the older the older men of the house were sort of like a little grumpy about it. Oh. But so you do. There's. It's not like you don't really put work in to celebrate it. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Get a Christmas tree, decorate it. Yeah. And then put a fire on and read lots of books and stare at the tree. There you go. Yeah. Real tree or fake tree? Never had a fake tree. Always a real tree. Yeah. For 22 years of regular yep. <laughs> participating in the, ritual. the German. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. It smells nice. I like yeah. It. Thank God made trees. He I did. Like putting them in my house sometimes. Yeah. They look cool with lights on them. They do look cool. And, you know, we have just ornaments from, you know, our my childhood and yeah. Keith and Julie's childhood and my wife's. And then when the kids were little. So it just the trees just looks like somebody threw a lot of yeah. <laughs> ornaments. It's two families. That's right. On one tree. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that might be the most interesting thing about you sharing your home with another family right there. Yeah. The two families on one tree. Yeah, it is. Wow. What do you do? What do you do for Christmas? Yeah, kind of standard stuff. I mean, yeah, we, we get a real tree. When does it go up? Uh, it's, uh, there is, it whenever it happens. Okay, so you don't have like a, we, we do it two weeks before Christmas or? No, it's happened like the week of Christmas. It's happened three, four weeks before. It just depends. Do you have a particular Christmas tree lot that you go to? Oh, no. No? It's changed. Yeah, we went to the one that had the camel rides when the camel rides were there, and then that was over. So then, uh, and then a couple years we've been like, you know, want to support the local tree guy, but just can't justify spending $100 this year, so let's just go to Home Depot. Right. Um, But I kind of like supporting the smaller companies. I don't, you know, so... Have, no, you, have, have you ever cut your own tree? Back in Oregon when I was a kid. Okay, did. yeah, me yeah. too. I mean, I'm, that was the last time I cut one. Yeah, yeah, we did that when I was a kid. Pretty sweet. How do you do? How do you do presents in your house? How does that work? We buy them. That's good. Yeah. So is it do <laughs> like you do like with when you, your mom's gonna come and you guys will do Christmas together or Probably. you'll go to her place or. I mean, we would we would normally do um, yeah it's interesting that that's all kind of morphed a little bit I mean my my parents we would do part of either Christmas or Christmas Eve with them but it wasn't ever like this set exact thing I'm not sure exactly what my mom will want to do now um, she's been sometimes she wants to be part of the celebration sometimes she kind of wants to have her own time with us outside of it sure. Um, the we've got the extended family a new like a white elephant christmas eve thing has been going on with my brother and sister-in-law and their neighbors that right down the last few years it's, yeah i remember it's that funny and fun to do so i think that is probably gonna happen again this year that seems like it's sort of becoming a thing um so yeah it's, i don't know it's kind of but but it's not like every year it's this this and this and we make the same cookies and it's not like that. It's kind of just got a little more elasticity to it. And, okay. Uh, we do some gifts, but not a ton. Just a few. Yeah. So. 
That's cool. Yeah. How about you? I well, mean you, I mean, you were saying so. You're pretty. You're, you seem a little more standardized kind of guy. Your whole life, everything, your church, everything is. We do these four weeks. We do the monastic rhythms, right? You, yes. You're a little more standardized and and well, standardized rigid. Sounds, <laughs> yeah, you're like rigid, conservative, and standardized. Uh, yes, I am. That's those are the words. Those are the for words you. you would use for me. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's this year, like you, it's interesting because Sue's, you know, Sue's mom passed away. Oh yeah. Last well this year. Um man, it's not been long. Here, take a photo of me. We gotta do something. Oh yeah, I gotta take a photo of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you lost you lost a mom. Yeah, we lost a mom. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. come on in here, have a seat. Have a seat. Join the podcast. Get another chair. Let me uh the fireman's here. The fireman's here. We we how long is this podcast? Should it's going to be really long. No, it's not that long. No? Uh, it's never long. Let's see here. This Hand. is a nice change in it. Everyone's enjoying this as they listen. Oh. Yeah, that's frustrating. Have a seat for a second. We're about to end the podcast. But you'll have to have a handheld mic. Well, so the good news is there was a purpose to this chair. See, look at that. Yeah, this was the panel right here. Goes, you're on, Daniel. You won't hear yourself, but you're on recording. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking earlier about how unsafe our church was, and I assured him that we have a fireman with us, so we have to, don't have to worry. And like then a, you showed all up. Churches so. in the world, a candlelight service with this furniture. <laughs> That's the worst idea. I mean, though I'm really glad you do it. I'm sure, it's very sweet. Was it all the petroleum products in the uh, in the furniture that? There's probably a lot of petroleum okay. products. Okay. Wicker. Wicker. I hear you. Yeah, you guys have a lot more wicker than the standard church. Okay. We'll do a we'll do a little repeat of uh, stop, drop, and roll before next candlelight service. Oh, that's true. Maybe we should just do that as a church, as a practice. Exactly. And exactly. to know our exits and how to do that. My my son asked why we don't have fire drills at the church. It's a good question. <laughs> Maybe we should have a fire drill sometime. Aren't your exit doors like bolted shut? Unlocked before the service. Unlocked oh. before the service. Most of the time. Most, Most of the time. The time. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, should we say bye now? Yeah. Well. It's good yeah. to have you on the podcast, yeah. Daniel. This is your local fire safety expert. Fire safety yeah. expert landing the plane on this uh, amazing <laughs> podcast by giving us some great suggestions. So uh, anyway, Eric, good to see you. It's good to see you. Yeah. And uh, well, we'll talk more next week. Yeah. This was a very uh, mellow, fallow podcast. Mellow, fallow podcast. <laughs>